Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Louanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. Ladies, we know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Today we are going to start some episodes on the subject of having a quiet time or spending time with God. I know that when the Lord began to work on me as a college student to draw me to himself, one of the things that baffled me the most was watching some other students in my dorm or there was one particular friend who actually enjoyed reading the Bible. There was a girl that worked at the desk in our dorm when I was a freshman and she just would sit at the desk reading her Bible and I remember going up to her and saying, why are you reading that? Because honestly, I had tried to read it when I was in high school in moments of extreme desperation. <laughs> and it just didn't make sense because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. So I just kind of shoved it away in the closet and that was that. But I began to see when I was at Auburn friends and different people who actually read it. I, I couldn't figure it out. Mm. So Awesome. The girl who ended up being my roommate my sophomore year was a good friend. We played on the tennis team together, and I really got to see her life up close and saw her in the midst of some very intense competition and other things, and, and the way she did life was such a mystery to me. Hmm. And one of the things that I observed was that every morning she would sit on her bed with her Bible and read it. I would, of course, grill her about it too, because <laughs> that's what I do. I'm like, why are you, know, why are you do this every day? Yeah. And she said, well, it's, it's, it's my quiet time. And I thought, wow, it's so not quiet in here. I mean, in a dorm, there was chaos all yes, the time yes. and stereos, and I was certainly not being quiet. And I thought, what is, what is a quiet time? <laughs> and then after I became a Christian, she would take me to all these different Bible studies on campus and different things. And I would hear people talk about quiet nice. time. Yes. It was one of those Christian lingo phrases yes. that <laughs> to the world sounds kind of weird. It was just like I was coming into a whole new world of, wow. with a foreign language. Wow. I was so afraid I was going to say something <laughs> stupid because I didn't understand the, the lingo. And quiet time was one of those things. But I'm so thankful that I had mm. that example because I wouldn't have known Yes. To do that. Correct. And it could be that there are people listening to us now that really have never thought about how important it is to begin their day mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. So, Lou, how would you explain what is a quiet time? Why is it important? Well, I, I, I like what you're saying. Obviously, to me, when you're telling this story, it sounds like a great setup from God. I know. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> I mean, for, uh, for your sake. Yes. But I think that, why well, no? Quiet time, it's not mentioned in Scripture, but it is shown in the life of Christ yeah. uh, many times where he got away by himself. It says in Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And in Matthew 14, 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And there's other scriptures of that. <clears throat> Before he chose the 12 disciples, we even talked about that. He was off by himself and, mm -hmm. and listened to the Lord. I think it is incredibly important to have a quiet time. And what it simply reason is, I believe it brings us closer to the Lord, number one. It gives us intimacy in this relationship. Mm -hmm. I think it must be by yourself. I don't know how she did that in a dorm room because <laughs> that's way too much distraction. But I give her so much credit that she still did it. Right. So even if she was reading the word, 
It was still getting in her. Yes. And look what you did. It 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 it, it came it, out through her life. And it came out through right. her life, but it impressed you oh, who yeah. had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So I believe and I'm a advocate for having a quiet time. And I know that it is a lifeline mm-hmm. in our walk with Jesus. I know that it is imperative that we pray. I think a prayerless life is not a very successful life. I do. The quiet time is in setting time aside. That's how I feel. I have many friends that have their quiet times in their car when they're doing their hair in the morning before they go off to work and things like that. And you can do that. And I've tried that, but it doesn't work for me. So for everybody, not you either. Mm -mm. Yeah. So everybody has their way of doing this. As Jesus gave the example of himself, if he had to get alone with the Lord, yeah. How much more we have to get alone with yes. the Lord. I found a really good quote about the importance of getting away to Jesus yes. as our example. Okay. And so this fellow's name is Bill Galtieri. He said, continually, Jesus withdrew from people, daily life activities, and the demands of his ministry to be alone with the Father and pray. Jesus's solitude and silence is a major theme in the Gospels. His ongoing intimate relationship with his Abba was the source of his compassion, wisdom, and power that we see on every page of the Gospels. It's how he began his ministry. It's how he made important decisions. It's how he dealt with troubling emotions like grief. It's how he dealt with the constant demands of his ministry and cared for his soul. It's how he taught his disciples. It's how he prepared for important ministry events. It's how he prepared for his death on the cross. That is really, really good. Isn't that good? I know. That will be in the show notes. Yes. That has to be. I want that. So that is very, very good. It really does show you that before every important thing, and then even as a reaction when John the Baptist was killed, you have that example of Jesus going off. He often wasn't left alone. And I'm sure many young moms can understand that (laughs) phenomenon where you, you know, you may get interrupted, Yes, but his first need and desire was to go spend time with his father. Yes, it was. That was very rich. And I think it gives us, okay, right there, a major example. I believe that answered prayer happens through that. So much that was said in that was it prepared, mm-hmm. it prepared, mm-hmm. it prepared. Or even process. And, yes. I mean, to, to think that Jesus needed to process his grief with yes. the Father. Yes. You know, you wouldn't think Jesus would have to process anything. I, th- I think, I, I always did. think about John the Baptist. I mean, not only his cousin, but that was a good friend. And so he had to process that. And he did yeah. go away alone. Then he leaves there and feeds, feeds 5,000. 5, <laughs> I mean, the rest like, of his day was insane. Yes, But it that's was. the point. It was crazy. You know? I know. He, that was exact. I yeah. believe he could do what he did, not only because he was the son of God, but because he took that time away from everybody else and yeah. went to his father. And I believe it's, hey, the scripture says greater works will we do. So we could do... We, Does anybody understand that? Well, here you go. We're going to go into that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we won't. Well, we're going to stay on this topic, but right. <laughs> I, I just know that we can do how much more if we went to the Father just the same way? Well, here's another, a couple of quotes. A really good definition that I, I read of a quiet time. Very simple, but to me, this cuts right to the heart of what we're trying to get at. It says, quiet time allows my heart to connect with God's heart. That's right. We're so prone to turn it into a formula. Yes. But in the end, it's connecting our heart with God's heart. Yes. Allowing him to speak to us and us to speak to him. 
It's a relationship. It's a relationship. It's not a formula or a checklist item. That's right. Another quote from a lady that I had not heard of, and her name was Crystal Storms. No, I don't know who that is. I don't know. (laughs) But she had some really good quotes. So, Crystal, if you're out there, we appreciate it. She said, starting the day with God allows us to hear his words before we start using ours. Filling our minds and hearts with his word gives us his perspective. It enables us to connect with the one who knows us best and loves us most. Wow. And I'll tell you that throughout my Christian life, which is 40 some years now, has been the biggest motivator to me was that whole thing about getting God's word before yes. I use my words. Yeah, that's what my husband knows. Give me a <laughs> wide berth. Until I've had my coffee and my quiet time. But my kids learned that too, that when I would do what I needed to do for them, and then I would go hole up in my little office, and they just knew. Don't mess with that time, of course, in an emergency. But this is interesting because I just thought of this. Within a couple of months, I think it was this past year, my oldest son, who's now 38, and a foreign exchange student we had oh. live with us from Brazil. Yes. Both sent me messages separate of each other saying that one of their most impactful memories of time in our home was coming downstairs and seeing me in my office and Joe in the living room in the recliner reading our Bibles. That's huge. I mean, it's so it was so amazing and encouraging that they both separately of each other, you know, one one of them is in South America. Both said that. No, that's because I think the example is so big. I believe every kid, when they see their parents do that, I think it makes them feel secure. I think they understand you've gone to the father first. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it so, so powerful. Yeah. And and we didn't know they were even noticing. They They never acted like they were paying any attention to what we were doing. (laughs) Kids never do. They were teenagers. (laughs) They never act that way. But I guess I started to say that, that my motivation was an absolute fear that if I did not get my heart right and get God's word and his perspective, if I started parenting or even having any of my relationships or doing life on my own, mm-hmm. without that supernatural perspective, it was going to be bad for all of us. Yeah, no, I mean, I seriously, I, got, I guess I just have a healthy fear of my own flesh. Yeah. That has kept me through the years just being consistent because I'm, I'm truly afraid of myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way <laughs> to put it. Apart from God. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I know that the, the time that it was the, the richest for me was when I was a teacher at the academy. I was up at 530 in the morning every morning. So I did my quiet time for about an hour. I'd be at the school by 7.15. School didn't start till 8. And then at 7.15, I would just walk the gym, the chapel, just praying every day for the first seven years. The first seven years of that job, and not that it didn't continue because it did after that, but was so powerful. The discernment that came out of my life over those kids' lives, Mm -hmm. I put all of it, all of it to my quiet time. Even to this day, when I hear former students, or they're li- some listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. hi guys, love you. They said that it's so good to hear your voice and mm-hmm. you're still teaching us after all these years. To be able to say that I know it was never me and that anything that they received and at the time that I was at the academy and at the teacher for 17 years, it all stemmed from my quiet time. All of it. And you had that 
you know, the same sense of responsibility that I desperately need the Lord to do what he's called me to do. do. That's right. Which we're all in that situation. I mean, I don't have kids in my house anymore, but I still feel that way. Well, because we're in life. And so I'm so aware of people around me. I can't even tell you. I'm aware of what God tells me about them when I'm yeah. in, in a store or something. Yeah, your stories are amazing. Yeah. I'm just very aware. But I ask him to make me aware. And then I'm always looking for people around me to, God, do you want to bless them? How do you want to do this? But I think so much of it comes from a quiet time. Now, I, I, I we've talked ahead of this. I'll say this in all honesty. I have wrestled with my quiet time in the last couple of years that I've never wrestled in my entire life. No matter how hard life got, no matter how awful things got, no matter how joyful things were, I have never wrestled like this. Do you think that some of it is that shift in your sense of desperation? No, because I'm more desperate than I ever thought, but I I can't, I can't explain it. I mean, maybe when you were teaching, you knew that you needed that to give to the kids. Now that could be that, that could be, I don't know. But as of right now, it's eating at me. And I'll be honest with anybody that's listening. And if you're struggling with your quiet time, and I, I know all those truths, but I will push myself to get up in the, I'm telling you the early morning is the best time. I don't think it should be at night. That's only my perspective. I think that you're starting your day with Jesus. So you're putting him first in your day. You're asking him to to start the day with you. You're asking him to go before you make every rough place smooth. You're asking him to do all of that. And then all of a sudden it just has gotten to be this war between my spirit and my flesh. It is nuts. And it's been bothering me. It's been affecting me. And so I've had to change up how I was doing my quiet time. Cause I I've read a book called the hour that changes the world. One of the best books I ever read about your quiet time by Dick Eastman. He tells you how it's called acts. And so you would do, you would adoration to the Lord. What's the other one? Confession, Confession, Thanksgiving, and then supplications. supplications. I did that forever. I'd love to journal. I love to go back in my journals. I love to write notes to God. I love to look at scripture and write down what I get from it. And all of a sudden it just died. I don't know what happened. It just died. So now I have gone back to the Lord's prayer to try to start something different and start, start something new. And actually got back to, can't wait to do that, but I'm not doing it early morning. It bothers me. And I know it's not a formula, but I know the richness, the absolute richness of a personal quiet time with the Lord it's, for it's, our walks with him. It's a lifeline. It is a lifeline. Yeah. We were laughing before about, well, can we blame this on the government? <laughs> <laughs> our struggles. How about menopause? Can we blame it on that? No, no like, I'm through we, that. Yeah, I know. Let's find something else then. <laughs> let's, um, let's find someone to blame it on. But <laughs> yeah, it is my responsibility. And I did put this one quote. It's an English preacher by the name of Guy King. And he said, no one is a firmer believer in the power of prayer than the devil. Not that he practices it, but he suffers from it. As soon as I even start the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then you can just break out and say, God, you are faithful. You are a good father and just go at it. It fills me again. So I don't believe that it's a formula, but I know God calls us back to it. I know that he does. I'm waking up at three o'clock in the morning and I have a choice to spend that time with the Lord because he used to always wake me up at three o'clock in the morning and it was so rich or turn around and say, I'll talk to you in an hour. 
and then go back to bed for two more hours. It's it's crazy. Well, two more hours is still five. I know, but still, I mean, I it counts at five too. I know, <laughs> too. I get it. I know. But you think he's waking you up uh-huh. to spend that time with mm-hmm. you to get it started again? Because so, I've been asking him for it. And then if you if you do that, then you can always go back to sleep when you're done. No, yeah, no, right? then I can't. Then I'm oh, and okay. I'm awake. But yeah. no, it's not that. I want that. Yeah. I want that relationship with him. I yes. know what it was like. It was glorious. And I believe that it can be warfare to try to get back to that place. Oh, absolutely. You know, and later on, I'm going to go through a list of the reasons why it's so hard and so yeah. challenging. Yes. Because I hear this a lot from all Christians. Yes. We almost all struggle to mm. make this consistent. Yes. And again, the only thing that has kept me from having it be a major struggle in a, in terms of carving out the time is that sense of desperation. But that doesn't mean that all my quiet times have just been glorious, you know, no, the yes. angels appearing in right, there. I mean, right. my struggle is more of not doing the time, but being able to focus and um, having it be rich and not yeah. turn into just yeah, well, I did it. Okay. Let me move on yes. with my day. Yes. A couple of verses that spoke to me about the essence of what a quiet time is about are Psalm 62, 5, mm. which says, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. And, you know, that's kind of encapsulates the idea of a quiet time. Yes. Settling our minds down, our spirits open, just waiting on God. That's rich. Mm-hmm. Psalm 62, 8 says, trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us to, to see that time as running into a safe place yes. and shutting the world out, pouring out your heart to him. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. I'm always trying to just simplify it in my mind so it doesn't become this thing where, well, I've got to read four chapters and then I've got to spend X amount of time in prayer. Just reduce it to what it really is. It's a relationship. That's that's right. And pouring out our hearts to him, waiting in silence for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My problem now at this stage of my life isn't so much that I have noisy surroundings, but that I have a very noisy head. (laughs) I mean, seriously, just thinking about all the things I need to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, know, Charles Stanley and I I used to do this and he used to say, put a notebook next to you when you're doing your quiet time. So that when a thought comes up of what you have to do for the day, write it down and then it's gone. Then, you know, okay, I got to do that today. And then it's gone. I also would highly recommend, because again, this, this was a real deterrent for me and my quiet time is get my phone away from my next to the neck bed. I've got to do that. And I had to put it in another room. Yes. And so I knew how powerful that was too. There's not one single person that I need to hear from in the morning. (laughs) Especially not at three. Not at three, not at 5.30. No one's going to be calling me at 5.30 in the morning. There's no reason to have that. Or if someone texts, it's not going to be life-changing. It's not necessary. We were talking about this beforehand too, and it was something I used to say to the students, and I would say this to adults too, because I have spoken to to women and students about personal quiet time because it's so rich and it's it is our lifeline. Mm-hmm. And I would bring up, and I said to the students one time, and I said, if Brad Pitt was going to call you at five thirty in the morning, would you pick it up? I said to the girls, and they're like, yes. I don't know who I used for the boys. Uh, it's someone that they liked and thought was pretty or whatever. And they all said yes. And then I said, okay, but you've got the God of the universe that knows you inside and out, knows every aspect of your life and loves you so unconditionally and so, so powerfully and mm-hmm. so deeply 
and we don't wake up for him. Yeah. And they got quiet and we talked about it. Whether I was talking to women or whether I was talking to teens, everybody was in the same place and wanted to hear, okay, what do I do? And there are things that we can do to wake that up and to get that started again. Yeah. And what you just described, I think is the the biggest deception that Satan throws our way, which Mm -hmm. is he doesn't allow us to grasp just that simple thing of who is it that wants to spend time with you? (laughs) Yes. The God of the universe, the creator. That's right. If we could just wrap our heads around that, we would always be motivated. I agree. So Satan just comes in and and somehow dilutes that and we we just forget. And nullifies it or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not going to make any difference. Again, we're going to talk too about the benefits as well as the challenges of making this a regular part of our life. We'll go into more detail probably in the next um, episode. But one of the things that, as you were speaking just now, that came to mind was in our last episode when we were talking about the father heart of God and the prodigal son and Mm -hmm. that picture of the father running down the road. I mean, basically (laughs) he is running down the road for us every day. To embrace us. us. I, oh, that's good. Yes. That's yep. what he's doing at three o'clock in the morning with you. No. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't want to embrace me at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you wait till 6.30 or 7. Uh, but I mean, what? Yes. I know. And then we're turning and walking away from that. I know. It's crazy. It's it because we don't understand crazy. it. We can't. I, I think that, yeah. And I, and I again, I, I believe that those that are listening, some of you have a very strong quiet time with the Lord. Some of you do it when you're drying your hair and that can fill you. Some of you are struggling with having one. And I believe that when we can get into the next part and do a few things to be able to help you to, to strengthen that, I am also speaking to myself to find it again, because I'm doing it sporadically. Though I do talk to the Lord all day long, there's no question about it. I am always talking to him. I'm always have praise music on. I always am listening to another pastor. So I'm always filling myself up, but, and every time I see you say the word, but pay attention to what comes next, (laughs) but there is something to be said about taking the time to set yourself aside without being distracted and spending time with Jesus. It doesn't have to be an hour. It will grow into an hour, I guarantee you. But if you just started with 10 or 15 minutes by yourself, away from your phone, no phone near you, it could be out on your porch, it could be in your room, it could be whatever. And I would suggest in the mornings, but I believe that would start to change. Yeah. Yeah. Like that quote that I read, connecting our hearts with his heart. Yes. It doesn't, have to look like anything in particular, but we really do need truth. We need the truth of the word and we need that connection through prayer. Yeah, we do. Those are basics. And what you said is really important about connecting with God all day long. He doesn't want us to just have one conversation in the morning and then, yeah, well, see you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. That's crucial too, to just stay in touch with him throughout the day. But We have the example of Jesus who was Mm -hmm. always connected to the Father and yet felt that need to get away. Yes. And have that alone, Alone intense time with God. And then what you read at the very beginning, and you end up with your answers. You end up with the direction 
that the Lord wants you to go. You end up those people, those divine appointments that come into your life during the day. He's setting those up. You've already prayed about it. Lord, just put somebody in my path today. Bang. And here comes somebody in the store. I feel like to me, it it turns my radar on for the day. Yes. I'm a lot more sensitive to the spirit. Yes. And like you said, encounters that I'm having with people. Yes. all of that, if I start my day flipping that switch on. That's exactly right. Otherwise, I can just be oblivious. No, I get it. I get it. All right. So that about fills (laughs) up this episode. We haven't even gotten to my all my bullet points. (laughs) Anyway, we just feel like this is such a crucial thing for our spiritual growth. So I hope you'll hang around and join us again next week, and we'll delve into this a little bit further. Ladies, we pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more truth and hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.